All right, so let me welcome then onto the show um, the programs manager at JAM, that is uh, the Joint Aid Management South Africa, Aseko Mutabene. Aseko, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Good morning, Kezi. Um, good morning to the SAFM listeners. Uh, just a bit of correction. Mm. We have rebranded. We're now known as For Africa. Um, Africa oh, was okay. A Yes. All right. So, so you're known as for Africa. For Africa, yes. Okay, fantastic. Thanks. Thanks for that correction, uh, Aseko. Let me also welcome Wandile Ngapai, who is the Chief Director of Social Welfare Services in the Eastern Cape Department of Social Development. Wandile, good morning to you. Good morning, Katie. Um, and I hope you do well, and uh, good morning to your listeners as well. All right. I can hear you clearly, and yes, uh, doing well. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation. Uh, over the past year, and, and one probably has to go back to the height of um, the COVID-19 pandemic to be able to contextualize it properly, but we've been seeing increasing reports about the state of hunger especially in an area like the Eastern Cape and rural areas in in that province and how badly hit they have been. And coming out of the COVID-19 lockdown, the situation seems to have gotten worse, especially for those that were already on, on the margins and, and facing difficulty with food security. Asako, as, 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 as an organization that works in the space, I want you to give me your experience of what you found um, in the province. Thanks, Kathy. Um So Eastern Cape is really, as you're saying, a rural province. Um, and when you look at the unemployment rate within the province, you would understand um, why the province has really um, hunger and malnutrition issues. Um, so one of the, uh, you know, we have a whole lot of things that we can share, but um, as for Africa, what we see within the communities is that, one, the, the rural areas um, in the townships where we interact with and, and work with, we realize that uh, people are unemployed. And therefore, when you have, you know, those high um, rates of unemployment, you therefore have children that are actually um, at, uh, at the point where they're most vulnerable because, you know, one, um, the kind of the distribution of resources um, and at a family or household level, and just generally, you know, they're not part of the decision-making or anything. So they get to be at the receiving end of anything. And unfortunately, then, in issues of hunger and malnutrition, they get to the ones that are really affected the most. And in Eastern Cape, um, we have, you know, just recently, I, I think South Africa and, you know, a whole lot of... Um, international um, population community as well have seen the reports of, you know, mortalities in Eastern Cape and also, um, you know, it's related to hunger and it's related to malnutrition. But just generally in the Eastern Cape, even when you're driving through the streets, you see a whole lot of children, the number of children that are also increasing in terms of like just begging and, and you know, going through hunger in a very dire situation. Um, and just not that, just um, but you're also looking at even issues of standing rates within the province, and um, that's what we call hidden hunger. And so not just that they are hungry because they need something to eat, yes, we've seen that, but we're also seeing statistics and also seeing, you know, issues of hidden hunger being also escalating in the province. And you would say, you know, uh, obviously, um, 
you know, COVID-19 has escalated this. Um, however, there are many other underlying causes um, that, uh, you know, the province is facing in terms of hunger. One being, you know, unemployment and two being not being able, you know, to produce enough food to feed our people within the province. One delay, let me come to you and give you an opportunity to to set the context for us, especially from the Department of Social Development and, and what it is that you have observed around the, the rates of hunger and, and malnutrition. Okay. <clears throat> thanks, thanks, uh, Katie. Um, when there is a a high number of households with no income in the province. And also those that have some income, it is not adequate income to sustain that particular family household. Now, as a result, it is a fact, as a result of that, you now have a number of households, particularly children, that find themselves in a situation where they have to eat sub-nutritious or less nutritious food uh, with incorrect balance on basic necessities of food like protein, like fat, like carbohydrates. Now, this is the situation that is more a reality in the system case. But uh, because of this, uh, we have actually engaged a number of stakeholders in the province as a department, and which uh, range from the depart- other government departments and other very close uh, associate social partners to actually deal and actually do a deeper diagnosis of the problem itself. Further to that, we then made some interventions, particularly in the areas of the the eastern region of the province, like your Alfonso or Artambo areas. And quite a, a number of strides have been made there, particularly where this problem became more of, of a, a real crisis. And we, we therefore also, further to that, have just recently uh, converged uh, on Tuesday, the 19th, and uh, on a social sector uh, dialogue to be able to get a sense of what the uh, voice and the people out there who are represented by various civil society organizations are saying and perceive of the situation. And the reason for that is for, for government to be able to continuously adapt it, the, its, its strategy in the provision of services and, and align it with the perceived demands that are out there, mainly articulated by the people themselves. So as a department, as it stands, do you have um, a, an idea of how many households you are you you have in the province that are food insecure? Well, as, like I said, that statistics that is provided to us, like I'm indicating you, a certain number of, of those households have no income altogether. 
and a certain number of an income that is below the minimum living uh, level, you know. So we have that statistics, we know exactly. But the point, of course, is the fact that we need to rope as many of partners as is possible as we deal with that situation. So, so give us some of the numbers then. Do you have them on hand? Well, not, not with me here, because I was not aware that you were going to ask that, because that is an available statistics that we have. Uh, but, but the point uh, in the main that I want to make and put across is the fact that we are exposed to such statistics. Um, and we, we, even when we had to do the distribution of food parcels, we were guided by that statistics as to how many of these households exist in particular wards, in particular Kalmarspanti and Kisukmanspanti in the province. Mm. Asako, let's talk about, you know, even this issue of of food distributions, right? Because we're dealing with a very high number of households that find themselves in this position. There is, of course, um, you know, the the matter of the department being overwhelmed. And and we saw this again under COVID-19 where you had different NGOs that were in the Eastern Cape and said, we are in areas that have received absolutely no assistance um, and we need different South Africans to come on board to to help us respond to this problem. Thank you, um, Well, just, just going back um, to the numbers a bit, um, if you take, um, actually, uh, in terms of the population, if you take like sitting at 7 million people within the problem. And, um, and we know that um, about 79% of the child population, which is very specific genius within the province, are actually the beneficiaries of child support grants. So it means that they're actually living in households that are only able to make um, you know, 105 and I'm I'm going to have to pause you there. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm having difficulty hearing you uh, on that line. Let's try and call Aseko back. We'll take a quick break. I'm back with her and uh, Wandile Ngapai, who is with the Social Development Department. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Kathy Motlatana on SAFM. We continue the focus on child malnutrition in the Eastern Cape. Wandile Ngapai is the Chief Director of Social Services in the Department of Social Development. And Aseko Mutebene is the Programs Manager at Organization for Africa. Aseko, I, I, I still wanted to give you a chance to, uh, to speak to us about the ability that you have seen in as far as the response then to the challenge of, of hunger in the Eastern Cape. Okay, thanks so much, Kathy. Um, I was just, um, before I got cut off, I was just talking about the statistics. Can you hear me? Yes, the line is much better. Thank you. Okay. I was um, actually saying that uh, we understand that um, with um, the uh, Eastern Cape population of uh, about 7 million people, actually um, 79% of them, um, of the child population, actually between 0 to 17 years, are child support grants beneficiaries. And so um, we know that they live in households that um, are able to make 105000 uh, per annum and some odds. And so when you look at that, it's actually about 289 rents that they're able to make a day with households. So these children that we're talking about are coming from such households. 
And so um, the need is very big in the Eastern Cape in terms of that. And I always say it is not um, the scope of the need is actually too big for government alone. And um, as you uh, uh, rightly, uh, you know, indicated that we are civil society organizations that are quite strong on the ground and are willing to partner with corporates um, and with, um, you know, partners or anyone who would want to work with us to be able to meet this need. And if you go to our website for Africa.org, you'll be able to see how you can partner with us. Mm-hmm. But um, as I said before, you know, um, in terms of uh, child hunger in Eastern Cape, it's actually a very concerning need. And now, at this point um, in time in the province, we actually see some deaths that are linked to malnutrition. And um, we therefore need to come together as all civil society organizations, government, corporates, everyone, to be able to meet the need. All right. um, Aseko, let me pause you there. We'll continue in a moment. It's 10.30. Luyanda Maume is standing by with uh, a look at your latest news headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point, and I'll be taking uh, your contributions as well. We're focusing on the state of malnutrition in the Eastern Cape. The number to dial to get in touch with us is 011-714-2006. That'll take you uh, straight to our studio line on the WhatsApp line, 0614-104-107. That's where you can send your messages and your WhatsApp voice notes. Uh, as I call, j- just listening to... Um, the numbers that you have given us in terms of the number and the percentage of of children that are recipients of of the grant in the Eastern Cape, it it speaks to a a situation and and really a situation that's at crisis point. If 79% of, you know, the child population in the Eastern Cape is on child grants, that in and of itself paints a picture of why the province is facing this problem. Indeed, um, indeed, Kathy. And um, also, when you look at that, um, you look at um, child support grant, and these are really children that are having parents that can be able to apply for them to receive the child support grant. However, you have child-headed households, and you have households where people are blessing to even have, like your basic documentation to apply for these grants. That is excluded in that statistics. So it is not really, a, uh, you know, a clear or uh, the exact picture on the ground because when you come across households that are not receiving any of these and they are eligible to receive them, but because of the issues that they are coming across or they have, they don't even are part of the system. So the, the actual need is bigger than um, the states can be able to show. And, um, and I know if you know, I think recently we've seen also the publications by, you know, the Daily Maverick and having um, a number of children, significant number of children in the province dying, of, you know, of malnutrition. And even those situations, when you look at it, when there's just one child dying of malnutrition, we're looking at the statistics and we're saying that is one child. But actually that child comes from a family that probably has children that are currently are you know, vulnerable or at the stage of us losing those children. They come from a community as well. So it is bigger than just the statistics could show. Mm. But also, um, when you look at the system that we have, we need to start thinking differently. We need to start working together to be able to mitigate this and not be in the situation that we're finding ourselves in as a province. 
one delay from the from the perspective of the department have you been monitoring the number of deaths of of, of children that are said to have been caused by malnutrition well uh, yes we, we we are aware of what has been happening um it it is in that spirit that we decided to call a dialogue so as to have a clear partnership strongly uh, enhanced by a good relationship between us and civil society because if the matters are left not reported with immediate effect on the challenges that face us which is more known to the people that are on the ground um, the chances are that you you realize the, the problem very late uh, when it had happened. So that, that's the that's the yes we are we are alert about what has been happening. Uh, thank you. So, so so what are the figures then that the department is working from when you are looking at at how prevalent malnutrition is? And I, I think if we look at previous studies that have been done on f- hunger in children, food insecurity in children, is that uh, you know hungry children are are, are coming from hungry families. Uh, that's just the reality that that we're sitting with. Yeah, like I said to you, Katie, uh, from our from from the statistics that we have, um, there, there's a reflection of 264,312 households that uh, remain with no income, and that on its own is a is a clear reflection of the challenge itself. Uh, like this is o- over and above. The fact that there are those with very limited income uh, and relying on the social grants for their survival or for their sustainability as a livelihood. Um, so we, we are aware of that. We, 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 we work with that situation. And even the programs that we have and interventions are aligned to such a situation. What, 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 what are those intervention programs? Uh, when... Like I'm indicate, let me let me just indicate, just on this matter alone of the uh, malnutrition. The whole uh, approach of the department is the empowerment of the communities themselves, uh, particularly uh, on issues of how to uh, care for their uh, young ones. Um, uh, as well as uh, empowering them on what they could do to even look after themselves through uh, introducing backyard gardens uh, so that there is some sort of uh, uh, survival from within the each, each household. Um, the empowerment of parents or mothers on nutrition is also one focus that is a point of focus in the department. Uh, we realize through also the advice from the Department of Health that in many number of instances where this matter has happened, uh, it has been because some of these uh, 
mothers are teenagers themselves, they are children, uh, mothers who became um, un, well, un, accidentally uh, pregnant and, and had children. And because they are not necessarily empowered on becoming a parent, um, uh, parental skills are not there, and most of the time that the, the children then suffer. So the encouragement of these households on food production uh, became a focus point on the side of the department, inclusive of the technical skills uh, that they should possess for them to produce such food. Of course, so, 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 the interaction so, so, with department of, um, of okay, let, me just finish, let me just finish this point. Okay. Let me just finish this point. It's very important. Because in collaboration also with the Department of Agriculture, on the provision of inputs such as seedlings and many other uh, necessities, basic infrastructure and access to water, all those issues. So the, this is exactly the intervention that is made by the department, particularly in the eastern uh, part of the province, which is your Oartambo and your, your, your Alfonso district, where there was high prevalence of the uh, death through malnutrition of children. So, so you're okay, saying, so, so you're saying that you are encouraging uh, the families to have backyard gardens, and you're giving them the skills to be able to do that. What have you been so far? What What have you seen so far, rather, uh, around the success rate of of such a project? Well, well we, you know, from our observation, Kathy, particularly in the eastern parts, you know, where this has been specifically been a focus point of the department, you will find that most of the households have got very active uh, women within that household. And they are the ones that are really in the forefront in, in implementing these uh, backyard gardens. And even plots out there, for an example, plots that could be made available and have been made available by the local chiefs and sometimes the ward councillors for people to produce households to produce this uh, uh, food through those food gardens. Um, the, the, the people are very encouraged. It's a pity that we're talking over the telephone. There are clear pictures, evidence beyond reasonable doubt, of happy families uh, with fresh produce that they have actually uh, harvested from these gardens. Um, there's pictures to that effect. We, we, we can show you. We, we also have been working with the... Um, the Research Council under Agriculture, um, ARC, they are also providing uh, technical research skills on suitable food items that could contribute to a nutritious plate of food. So these are also, like I'm saying, it's, it's, a, it's a collaborative effort by various partners that we rallied around, particularly when we started intervening in the eastern part of the of the province. So there are many success stories there. And and indeed, uh, although Katie, the challenge is huge, Katie, make no mistake about that. And of course, the, the, there's limitations on budget as well. But through an a, a integrated effort, uh, we can see the light towards the end of the tunnel. Uh, Aseko, do do you have any comment on 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 the on the intervention by the by the Department of Social Development 
perhaps have you encountered the result of of this work? What can you say about it? Um, thanks, Kathy. Um, so it's really at for Africa. Um, I, I would um, we would actually look at the the situation in two ways. Um, you can't you can't really have um, you know a, a, a one solution for all this. You have communities that are currently in crisis. So um, in those situations, you probably want to be responding in a crisis mode. Um, I, I'm not able to actually, uh, you know, disclose much of the communities that have been reported by the previous, you know, uh, publications that I've mentioned before. But I know I've interacted with the communities. We've been to the communities. We've talked to the people. They are in a crisis mode. And so I would actually... Um, you know, would want to treat those kind of communities as in crisis mode. So, you know, in terms of interventions, therefore you'll be looking at, you know, um, you know what you call um, supplements or ready-to-eat therapeutic food, things that are actually are going to build them from where they are because they're in dire need. And then you have the prevention methods, therefore, the one that, um, you know, uh, the director is talking about, therefore, in terms of like food gardens. And um, maybe in terms of, you know, skills development for for the parents, for the mothers and whatnot. So I think um, in terms of interventions, as for Africa, we we'll definitely look at it differently. And therefore, I would say um, we are we are on the ground. I'm currently based in Iceland and Eastern Cape, we, even though for Africa is national. Um, I'm in Eastern Cape, I'm in East London, and I have, you know, I work closely with Department of Social Development, and I, I want to encourage also stakeholders that are listening to this interview, corporates and everyone to say, we are on the ground, we are credible, go to forafrica.org, you'll be able to see more about us. We are available, we have the ability to reach to these communities and be able to do a meaningful program that would make a difference in the people's lives. But also are able to reach to the most rural areas, like uh, the director has spoken about Oas Tambo and Alfred Ingo. But also, I think our focus has been about the most rural areas within Oas Tambo and Alfred Ingo. But the the mortality that I'm talking about actually happened in, in an urban area. So we also need to shift our thinking. And um, and just lastly for me, um, in terms of the intervention, I think every time when we talk about child poverty, we actually are looking at a monetary kind of aspect. So we're looking at how much a household is able to make. But, um, you know, child poverty is different. Child poverty has different dimensions. Child poverty, for example, when you come across a child who's begging on the road, that child is hungry, that child is out of school, that child is, you know, probably going through a health situation, that child is vulnerable to a whole lot of things. So that is not just child poverty in terms of nutrition, it's poverty in terms of education, of shelter, of protection, of health, and a whole lot of dimensions. And I think we need to shift our focus when we talk about child poverty, not talk about just food and how the, the household is able, like how much income are they able to make a year. But we should, at a policy level, come together as all stakeholders and say, let's Put, let's come up with measures that are able to give us a better indication of what child poverty is. And therefore, how do we then come together to be able to address those issues? You know, um, again, there are lots of many things that we could look at in Eastern Cape. Just recently, there was um, a report that was uh, released about, you know, um, 
it was a, it was a step that was made by the uh, Department of Basic Education about um, ECD status. And when you look at the census of ECD and you compare the figures of how many children are actually attending the early childhood development centers and the actual number of children that are in the province, you look at it and you're like a significant number of children are not even in school. Mm. And so we need to come up with policies to be able to promote even school because children going to school is also another form of, you know, uh, an approach or a method that we could close this gap. Because when children are in school, they are protected. They're able to get nutrition, but they're also able to, you know, get education. And so it's a whole lot of things that we need to look at. And it's not just about the income of the of the family. Mm. So, yeah, um, if, if you um, would want to partner with us or want to be able to see how we could help in the community and engage with us, go to our website um, for Africa.org and you'll be able to, to see and um, and understand more of what we do. And as I said, we are on the ground. We are able to partner immediately. All right. Uh, let me go to Badi in Makanda. Badi, good morning to you. Hi, Badi. Hi, Kelly. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Yes, thank you. Um, good morning. Good morning to the panelists as well. Um, I, I do want to perhaps concur with my learned friend, which is Uasek. U- on, on a number of things that she has submitted uh, on, on, on today's topic. But I've got two direct questions to the director. Um, firstly, there was a, 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 a an article that was uh, uh, published by Daily Mavlik in, in, in April that gave quite a, a very devastating statistics between Sarapatman and, and also the Nelson Mandela Abin uh, Metro. That uh, between January and February 2027, she died of uh, malnutrition, um, and also that that occurred in Batwes, and also in addition, between that period, 188 children received uh, impartial treatment of uh, in Nelson Mandela Metro, and and 11 of those children, also there were 11 that were admitted in hospital for severe untreated malnutrition. Also, we had that also uh, um, uh, statistics uh, in Salah Batman that gave a statistic around about 150 children that were diagnosed of, of severe acute malnutrition uh, since uh, 2021. So I want to ask now, what intervention have they done in the noted districts that I've, I've, I've noted in the, in, the, in the publication that was done there in every? Because we want to understand the... Uh, concrete and practical intervention steps or interventions that they've, they've, they've actually employed ever since that uh, uh, statistics came out. Because we want to also draw a picture that says if, if, if government is unable to provide solutions as government, how do they then, what strategies are they bringing to rob in all these social partners, civil social organizations such as uh, the Organization for Africa, in order to come up with uh, concrete steps that are going to be interventive and actually think, uh, those interventions must be able to be sustainable. Because we're aware about the issue that has to do with uh, the unemployment, the severe youth un- unemployment in the province. That is the first question that I want to ask. Second one, uh, I hear that the, they've got programs such as uh, a backyard garden and everything else. 
but I don't want to agree and say that I uh, am aware of such a program within the Department of Social Development. If 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 the, the department can can locate us, where are those programs located in the province, and and where are they allocated in terms of an office in the department, be it in a district or be it in a in a, in a provincial department, and who do we talk to in order to locate, uh, uh, so that if we want to collaboration to that, we we can have uh, contributions. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand that some of the organisations they do have quite sustainable program that had to do with food gardening, such as tower vegetable gardens and everything else. And I know that also go the aware of such programs that are happening around the Eastern Cape. So those are the two uh, questions that I want to ask. But thank you very much, Asego, for, for having put such issues uh, into perspective. Thank All you. Right. Uh, all right, buddy. Thank, thanks for that. Um, one delay. Let me give you a chance to respond to his questions. Oh, no, thanks. Uh, when the the reported incident in Sarapartman and Mandela Bartos and all the areas at the time, immediately what the department did, together with all other government departments and even partners that came to the party at the time, was to do a profile of the affected families so as to get more of what caused the problem. And that profile was then made available to various uh, uh, stakeholders or, or clinical partners. And quite a lot is being uh, uh, attended to those families. I mean, it's it, 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 it inclusive of um, immediate, immediate uh, uh, interventions like food, uh, provision of food parcels, Material needs uh, and all those and, and all those all other things, inclusive of uh, balancing of the nutritional status in terms of the what 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 is it that they are getting as as diet. So those things are happening. But you remember, the, the, the response is going to be twofold. There are those children who died, and there are those families with children who are still in hospital. So the responses were were according to the situation in ground. Okay. The other point that the uh, uh, speaker raised was where are these programs, uh, these uh, food garden programs? Uh, uh, they, they, they are all over the province, these, these programs. And of course, if you want to really know and get to uh, partner with us, we'll appreciate that. Uh, and, and any other office of the Department of Social Development would be able to know about these programs where they are implemented. So what's the easiest way, Wandile? I've got another caller. The easiest what's, way, what's the easiest the way, easiest way, way to find to out where? Nearest, the easiest way is to go to a nearest social development office, wherever you are in the province. And there, both social workers and community development practitioners would be able to lead you to where these uh, projects and initiatives are. And also communities where this is happening uh, as well. So that, that's the easiest way. And well, of course, I mean, do, do, Wendele, sorry, do, do you not have a, a list of these projects that you, you could easily just well, publish not, on your not, website? Not with me here. There is a list, but I do not have that list here. But you can provide... That's fine. As, like I'm saying, Katie, if you can go to nearest office of social, you will be provided with all the lists 
of these projects per area. I think, Wandile, you're missing the point that I'm trying to make, that in as far as easy access to that information is concerned, will it not also be easier for you as the provincial department to just publish on your website where these um, gardens are taking place for ease of access? You can imagine... Um, how difficult it will be, especially for those people who want to partner with the department to now have to visit each and every department of social development in the province to have an idea of where these projects are. But, but Katie, if, if anyone visits our website, they would see all these projects listed there, even on our annual reports, which also get published, you know. So it's not, it's not something that you is there already. This year after year, we are count on this because they get funded. But they I thought you, I, I thought funding. that these were All new I'm saying, projects. All I'm is it's available. We can they can access our website. It's available there. But as well, if they are specific to know exactly in that area, our nearest office where they are could also be of help. Okay. So it's not a matter that it's not that it's available. It's a matter of visiting the website. Mzi, good morning to you. Let, let me start where you left. The person that you, uh, the caller was asking that, I know him personally, he's working for one of the effective organizations. His body is in Grahamstown. I'm in Pedigwan, Guyana. That's my village. I thought body, the caller was calling, he, he, he will be able to locate where are these program, because these are the people who are doing wonders. But I am shocked. I thought maybe it's, it's because of me as an ordinary person that who does not know about the whole thing. Uh, we don't know about. The sad part, my sister, is this one. The people who are languishing in poverty, we've got land. We've got everything. All that we need are these supporting structures from government. To make this thing happen, I'm a, I'm a, a small old farmer. There are people who are interested. We've got land. I've got ten hectares. There are people who want to join, but they they are demoralized because they can see for me that there is not nothing support. It, it, it's like I'm like, how can it be? We've got land. I'm in the land as we speak, but we poverty everywhere. We eat. Onion that comes from Ghanin, but we've got land here. So, so Mzi, this, this idea that all of these projects are on the website, um, you can just easily access to, to find where they are. Are you saying that that's not the case? That's not the case. I was asking the person, Miss Nungane, she's uh, from, from this side of agriculture, she's a boss. Where can we get help? She said, give me, you get... I said, no, there are no support. She minds me, but she was busy talking about other things on Twitter. She can attend for three hours, but she cannot answer the ordinary person who's asking a basic question. Where are these? Where can we go? Oh, you're not talking about someone who's holding an arm. I am, as you can see, there's a wind blowing. I'm at work. I work the land, but you need support. One delay. Hello. What Hello, response Katie? do you have to Mzi? Well, uh, I do not know uh, if uh, he says 
he's not aware. Uh, but uh, as I said, there's all the necessary evidence to that effect. But the point is, the department has been doing these initiatives and funding them for quite a number of years. But of course, a big piece of land like 10 hectares is not necessarily the scope of social development. We must understand social development as, a, as, as ourselves. Our scope and mandate is just to assist with startup or kick off for small initiatives, like I'm talking about. Uh, household food gardens. I'm not talking uh, 10 hectares. That is the scope of the Department of Agriculture. Sorry. Sorry, Sorry, Kevin. I'm not sure what's happening now. Yes, Mzi, go ahead. I'm just making an example. Forget about me. But this 10 hectares you can give among people who are here. Not necessarily about me. The, the, the garden that you are talking about, not a single person that is <laughs> who's doing that here. There's no support of any kind. All right. Mzi, I'm going to ask you to leave it there. Okay, thank you. One delay? Yes. Uh, well, uh, I, you see, maybe the best for me is to say people must visit our offices and, and, and put their proposals together, they will even be assisted to put such a proposal. But we must also take into consideration the fact that there is limited budget. Um, it may not be easy, and it's not going to be even be practical and realistic for the department to fund everyone that comes through that door. But the fact of the matter is there are people who have been helped. Uh, it may be that the caller may not have been actually uh, exposed to that or know exactly about those people that we may have helped. I do not even know where it comes from. I think he said Grimstown. There's, there's our office in Grimstown. There maybe uh, if we want some evidence, he could just visit our office in Grimstown. They'll actually be able to to point out what we have done there, even in the townships of Grimstown. That that is, is a reality. All right. I cannot come to the public uh, 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 radio like this and say things that are not there. But the book point and the reality of the matter is that we do not have enough budget. There's limited budget, but the little that we have, we have done something about it. And there are people who are happy about what we've done. No doubt about that. W- w- one delay, we're going to have to leave it there for this morning. Wandile Ngapai is um, the Chief Director for Social Welfare Services in the Eastern Cape it's Department of Social Development. You also heard from Aseko Mutabene, who is with For Africa. We're going to have to leave it there with that conversation. Luyanda has your 11 o'clock news.